a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, your host. It's you and me for the next two and a half hours. Or is it you and I? You and me? I've never really cared to get those things straight. I should. As a talk show, as someone who is paid to speak, I should probably know uh, the intricacies of English grammar rules. Oh, well, uh, for another day. Today, we're going to focus on a number of things. Of course, some of the words shared by Governor Gary Herbert at a press conference here recently, uh, as well as Dr. Angela Dunn. She describes some of the improvements in the numbers. And later on, we will also hear from the chairman of the Utah Pacific Islander Health Coalition, also a member of the Multicultural Subcommittee, as you have heard reported here. And we'll walk through some of the specific data in just a short while. The, uh, the Pacific Islander community has been disproportionately hit uh, pretty hard by this coronavirus here in the state of Utah. And a representative from that group, also a member of the Multicultural Subcommittee, uh, delivered some uh, pretty pretty powerful words today from this press conference. And uh, after the commercial break, I will share them with you, and we'll look at also some of the details and some of the numbers uh, that describe the situation and the experience of the Pacific Islander community here in Utah. Also... You may have heard there was a a little board meeting last night. Uh, Members of the Salt Lake City uh, School Board got together and they uh, debated back and forth what will be the plan moving forward regarding the uh, return to education in whatever form it takes of uh, students within the district. Well, uh, the big decision made was, uh, spoiler, uh, that (coughs) postponement is going to be on tap. In fact, uh, the motion was made to postpone the opening of the district until September 8th. And then the ultimate question of whether or not the resumed instruction will be in the classroom or not, uh, or if it will be some hybrid or who knows what, that is uh, still yet to come. The deadline for the decision, though, as you know and as I have repeated each day since we have inched our way closer to it, is August 1st. It is August 1st, the deadline handed down by the state education department, uh, or the Board of Education, rather, to the various districts and schools to have their plans in place uh, finalized by August 1st. So there's some time still to go, and there are, and I'll harp on this more so later on, there are many who are are very frustrated, understandably, uh, by the lack of certainty when it comes to what will transpire in the fall, and I understand that. I understand that 100%. In fact, uh, uh, I'm lucky, I consider myself lucky that my little baby Piper is not uh, facing the the new school year this coming year because uh, I can't imagine how I would be working right now. My wife and I would have to be uh, coming up with all these contingency plans. Uh, What if she's able to go to school? What if it's just for a few days? Uh, What if she's at home? How do we we operate? How do we maintain, uh, you know, the, the, the routine of this home? 
So I understand the frustration. We'll get into that later on. Also going to speak about some, some trees that have been to the moon. There's a fun story I want to share with you, available now at kslnewsradio.com. I'll get into that. But first, let's walk through uh, a bit of what was shared from the Utah State Capitol today on the coronavirus front. These periodic press conferences are delivered. There was some good information today. It was kicked off by Dr. Dunn as she described the improvements in the numbers. We've seen some really positive trends in our data over the past week. Even though our cases are still high, our hospitalization rate has been decreasing. We've seen only a 2% increase in our active hospitalizations in the past 14 days compared to the previous two weeks. And our overall hospitalization rate is now at 6%. We're also seeing evidence of a plateau followed by a decrease in the total statewide cases every day. And this started around July 10th. It's in part due to the large decreases we're seeing in the Salt Lake County cases every single day that started around July 10th as well. So we need to continue to push to get our case counts lower. Encouraging stuff, huh? Really, really encouraging. Every data point she shared right there uh, was encouraging, absolutely encouraging. So I'm happy that uh, whatever you and I are doing together, in particularly those folks in Salt Lake County, as she mentioned, getting their case count down, everything that's happening right now, let's stay this course, let's accelerate our efforts even, and see if we can get this thing squashed, the, the curb that is. And the, the conference continued, the press conference that is, uh, Governor Herbert took to the microphone after Dr. Dunn, and he talked a bit about looking to pioneers in facing the pandemic. The early pioneers really did come together. They knew it was better for them to work together, roll up their sleeves, take on the challenge of the day, and find the common good. They had unity, they had mutual respect for each other, and they took on what I would call a spirit of shared responsibility. Two points there, which I very much agree with. I, I think that the comparison between the, you know, us today facing the coronavirus and the pioneers, it's a little tired and maybe a little strained, but there are two very good points made there by the governor, and it is this, uh, this shared responsibility, and it is uh, this uh, like brotherly respect, uh, this idea that, we, that our behavior has an impact on others. Once we, I think, make uh, our way over that hump uh, and understand that uh, our behavior uh, truly does have an impact on others, uh, then we might be able to take uh, even more accelerated steps towards uh, the, the good news reported by uh, Dr. Dunn here this morning. And that's really, that, that's what it came down to for me, if I'm honest. When I was first you know, faced with the advice to wear a mask or not, uh, I, didn't, I didn't understand the science as we do today. I didn't understand that, in fact, uh, I ought to change the way I was thinking, not to go about my life protecting myself from what might uh, get me from the outside world, but rather I should comport myself in a way uh, that was protecting others, uh, assuming you know, that I'm infected or that I carry this virus. Anyway, when I was able to get over that, uh, it made the whole mask wearing thing a lot easier. Uh, the governor continued. He talked about uh, Utah and how the state of Utah can lead the rest of the nation. It's our charge. Uh, in fact, I would say it's our responsibility and really an opportunity for us to uh, be a good example to the rest of the country of how we can, in fact, address this challenge and other challenges that we face. Later on in the program today, we're going to talk about an article which was written by uh, an environmentalist, a climate change reporter from New York City. Uh, and my interpretation of this article is that it's a, it's a Far East effort to tear down this great state uh, and our approach 
and our reaction to this coronavirus. I, I know that we set our own standard, and I know that we have recently faced a spike in this whole deal. But if you take a step backwards, if you look at our data compared to uh, states around the country, even countries outside of our own, we are doing relatively well. And as Governor Gary Herbert said, we can lead the rest of the nation, as we have done for uh, the major part of this entire coronavirus uh, experience through which we've been having. Before we go to break, uh, let me share with you one last clip from the governor here. He talked about being with his own family this coming weekend. This weekend, when I'm going to be with my family, I can tell you I will be wearing my mask. I think that's showing respect for my family and members, my loved ones, and that makes them feel more comfortable, too. And all of us should be doing it. I agree with all that. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we return, we're going to stay with this press conference, but we'll be hearing from Jake Fatissimano, who is uh, Utah Pacific Islander Health Coalition uh, chairman of that organization and a member of the Multicultural Subcommittee. He presents uh, the unfortunate and the disproportionate impact that this virus has had on his community. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Do you know what a, an explanabrag is? You do? Well, I've got one for you. You heard Maria Chaleos just a moment ago talking about those big vaccine purchases that the government is positioning itself to make. Also, she mentioned that that there are still trials going on. Yeah, uh, right now there's a there's a phase of the trial about to kick off, which requires 30,000 uh, Americans to submit to uh, a trial vaccine. And there is a website where you can sign up and you answer a bunch of medical questions about yourself. You talk about your lifestyle and the way you move around your community and uh, what your exposure rate may have or may not have been as you've endured this coronavirus. And guess what yours truly did? Yeah. Host a live mic, Lee Lonsberry, right here. I signed up. I signed up. So we'll see. If I get a call and they say, hey, could we, uh, could we inject you with one of these trial vaccines? I'm going to say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Tell me where to report and I'll do my duty. Anyway, that, uh, there will probably be more explanabrags during this program. It's kind of in my nature. Uh, but that's the, the only one you'll have to endure this segment. Now, turning our attention back to this press conference here this morning, Governor Gary Herbert, along with state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn, uh, presented some information and some new attitudes and some new challenges on how we can continue this battle uh, with the coronavirus. We also today, for the first time in this press conference setting, we heard from Jake Fatissimanu, who is the chair of the Utah Pacific Islander Health Coalition, also a member of the Multicultural Subcommittee. That's a, a committee which has been uh, formulated to address the specific and, uh, honestly, the disproportionately grave impact that this coronavirus has had on some minority groups. And the attention being paid today was on uh, the Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander community. Now, in terms of the state of Utah, this community represents 1.6% of the population. To date, uh, this community has sustained 1,300 cases. That represents 3.9% of the cases. So if you follow those three numbers, 1.6% of the population and 3.9% of the cases. So that's out of whack a little bit. Not as bad, though, uh, in terms of disparity when it comes to the Hispanic or Latino population. They, if you remember from last week, these numbers have remained relatively unchanged since we discussed them last week. Uh, the Hispanic and Latino community make up 14.2% of the population here in Utah. And get this, 
39.3% of the cases, of the positive COVID-19 cases. Anyway, uh, the, the attention here today uh, being paid to the Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander communities, uh, one area where they uh, really, really are suffering is in the mortality rate, the, the mortality rate. Uh, it is the, the second highest in the state behind only the American Indian and Native Alaskan uh, uh, community, 279 uh, per 100,000 uh, within the population. The, these numbers that I'm sharing with you, you can review them yourself, and you can also look at other uh, demographic breakdowns. Uh, you can look at even geographic breakdowns. Uh, it's all here available at the coronavirus.utah.gov website. So uh, have a look at that. Get an get a understanding of how this is impacting other uh, communities. Academically, it's a fascinating exercise. And then when you think about uh, you know, the, the, the reasons why, uh, you start to get a better understanding uh, of, of where this virus uh, really, really rears its head and makes its presence known. Anyway, uh, I will uh, dial back my own speaking and let uh, Mr. Fatisi Manu take it from here. He, during this press conference this morning, described how Pacific Islanders have been hit hard by this vi virus. For the last two months, Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders in the state of Utah have had the highest infection rate of COVID-19 and the highest hospitalization rate for COVID-19 in Salt Lake County and the second highest infection rate and the second highest hospitalization rate in the state overall. The data that is shared here um, from this podium pretty much every day confirms that COVID-19 isn't impacting all groups with the same level of severity and Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders are among the, high, the hardest hit uh, Mr. Fatissimano goes on to describe some of the factors that are contributing to this disparity. Now listen up to this. This is fascinating, fascinating information. Many factors contribute to this disparity, including a high prevalence of underlying health conditions um, that make folks more susceptible um, to contracting uh, and more uh, at, at a higher risk of complications and hospitalization. We have housing and family dynamics that increase the likelihood of spread through large multi-generational households, increased likelihood of exposure due to uh, essential uh, employment in service industries and in hospitality, manufacturing and warehouse sectors, uh, and cultural practices and customs that just uh, that simply aren't aligned uh, with the tenets of social distancing. Also, our Pacific Islander populations in Utah are geographically concentrated uh, in some of the zip codes uh, with the highest infection rates currently. One element I had not considered <clears throat> was the, the cultural differences and how those cultural differences, as Mr. Fatissimano describes later uh, in his remarks, he talks about how multi-generational housing. And you hear that phrase from time to time, and we have heard it in this larger coronavirus conversation, but it, uh, as described uh, here by Fatissimano, it is extremely prevalent here in Utah among this community. You will have uh, aunts and uncles, uh, grandma, grandpa, the kids, uh, the grandkids, all living under the same roof. And another thing we learned just yesterday, in fact, from the BYU researchers is that out of doors, if you're outside, if there's space between you, there's really a very low, low risk of contracting or transmitting this virus.
It's once you get inside and you're in close quarters and you're in prolonged close quarters for uh, longer than 15 minutes or so. Uh, it is where the ventilation is poor that you really see uh, a heightened transmission of this virus. And so it only makes sense if uh, you are dwelling in a multi-generational home, uh, larger numbers under the same roof, you're going to have higher transmission. And if that is a cultural practice, uh, then you will see a heightened transmission amongst that culture. Uh, the, Mr. Fatissimano continued a bit. He said this is not a first for Pacific Islanders. This is not the first time our community has overcome adversity. This is not the first time our Pacific Islander people have survived a global pandemic. It was fascinating. You know, I am a big, uh, a big sucker for history and uh, the, the lessons we've learned from the past and how we can apply them for, for, for today. Uh, Mr. Fertissimano there in his presentation there, after asserting that this is not the first for Pacific Islanders, he went back in time and talked about uh, how uh, that community has battled uh, epidemics and pandemics uh, in the past and done very well. Uh, last comment from Mr. Fatissimano uh, here. He describes the reality of this issue. This issue is real. It's taken a while for some in our community uh, and at large uh, to come to that realization, but it's not too late. Uh, this is the time to uh, be stronger in our resolve and to do all that we can to protect our families, our neighbors, and our communities. Thank you very much. It is real. It is affecting communities. It is affecting families. Uh, and to come to that realization uh, is great. And if you're not there yet, uh, better late than never. Let's get there together. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to turn our attention to the Salt Lake Education Association, the union representing teachers there, next on KSL.